Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Six hundred thousand workers, actually, in this country will be affected by the decision at midnight tonight to obviously change the subsidy scheme for your wages. Now, this is more affects your employer and how they can afford to pay you. But more than two point seven billion has been given to sixty nine thousand five hundred employers via the temporary wage subsidy scheme, covering more than six hundred thousand workers. And the new employment wage subsidy scheme will operate until the end of March twenty twenty one, and it's expected to cost two point two five billion or one point three five billion in twenty twenty, and uh, zero point. 2.9 billion in 2021. Uh, the finance minister Pascal Donoghue said the uh, the employment wage subsidy scheme has been designed with the needs of the employer and businesses at heart. Uh, I don't think that many people have a huge amount of faith in it because remember, of course, that many employers out there are operating. Um, I suppose, on subsidised business. In other words, and they're also operating on a restricted business uh, because maybe shops may be only allowed to let a certain amount of people in. Um, Employers are very restricted in how they can do business. The cost factor in doing business is a lot more than it was. And also, I spoke to a retailer the other day who said business is really bad, not just because they're restricted by numbers, but because we have been socially conditioned over the last probably six months in this particular field that he's a retailer in to shop online. And it's going to take him a long time for people to have the confidence to get back out and shop, you know, on the high street again. So for the time being, I suppose we're asking the government to bankroll these businesses. Otherwise, a lot of people could see themselves unemployed. And one person who's not happy with the scheme is uh, Sinn Féin's finance spokesperson, Pierce Doherty, and he joins me on the line. Pierce, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. Uh, Pierce, this change at midnight tonight is going to have a massive and dramatic effect on employers. Um, I can only speak, say, from a radio station point of view. Obviously, um, many of the, the staff here will be on a wage subsidy scheme like every other business in the country that was badly affected by the pandemic. Um, th- this is going to have a massive effect, say, on this radio station, on other businesses, on everybody who is relying on this subsidy because the subsidy now drops, of course, from 203, uh, de- or should I say, it now drops down to 203 gross per week. Uh, for those who are on that level of money or down to 151 for those who were paid less. So, I mean, is it going to work? I think it's going to be a big shock to employers. Um, I think that there's some employers that, um, that you know, have, have benefited from the temporary wage subsidy scheme and, 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 and they may not need that, that benefit anymore. Uh, but there are other sectors in, in the economy that definitely needs that support, that needs the support of the existing rates and not to see the supports uh, halved and indeed for some workers there'll be no support whatsoever um, and this is the problem that we've had with the scheme there's some new benefits the new changes to the scheme uh, which is to be welcomed and um, the, the likes of seasonal workers can be now employed and they'll come under the scheme and so on they've, uh, they've also part. increased of course the level you have to prove that your turnover was initially down by 25% now they've extended that to 30% to 30% yeah and and but the big problem here is and you know many people when they heard this this was all announced as part of the July stimulus uh, what was being you know the, 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 the spin that was coming from government is the wage subsidy scheme has been extended into March well that's not that wasn't the case, as we know, the way the old wage subsidy scheme comes to an end tonight, uh, and the new one will kick in, um, but drastically change, drastically reduced rates. And one of the concerns that we have, we've many concerns, but well, the, the tax clearance certificate is a big concern for many businesses out there too, isn't it? That they now have to produce a tax clearance certificate, and many businesses, without a shadow of a doubt, are in debt to the revenue commissioner at the moment, where they've been warehousing these bills for the last six months. 
Absolutely, and um, and and that means that those who are are struggling and who may have some type of arrangements or going into arrangements with the revenue uh, won't be able to get support that is badly needed. Um, and we have to always remember that why this has happened. This has happened as a result of a pandemic. This is in the is in the result of uh, of bad businesses or businesses about to go bust. You know, or a recession they, as we've had before yeah. in 2009. So this yeah. is and a then, direct and, result and of decisions so made by government. Companies. Yes. Sorry, exactly, a direct result. And some companies won't come through this. We know that because things have changed. The way we're going to do our business has changed. So companies need to be... But, but is that is that fair, Pascal? The minister did say some time ago, or sorry, Piers, the minister did say, I called you Pascal there, maybe that was an insult, sorry. And the minister did say some time ago that he wasn't going to support inviable businesses. But these businesses that will be now inviable because of COVID-19 restrictions on their business, i.e. the amount of numbers, we'll take a cinema, for example, which can only restrict itself to a certain amount of numbers with social distancing. Those numbers are being forced upon them by the government in the first place. So it's the government that have made these businesses inviable. Yeah, and, and, you know, and for reasons that we understand and we support, but there's a, there's a moral obligation, there's a financial obligation to support these businesses uh, during that period. And we heard other commitments given by the Tisha at the time, Leo Varadkar and now the Minister for Enterprise, that supports would not be withdrawn uh, until the economy was reopened again. But yet we have pubs, for example, wet pubs that can't open. We have uh, tour operators that can't function because of the limitations and restrictions that are there. Uh, we have, you know, uh, 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 events like concerts and all that too. Yeah, but every business is affected it. somewhat. I mean, Pierce, if, if you take it, for example, over the last four days, we've heard the Minister for Health on numerous occasions use the word lockdown and tipping point. Uh, in other words, suggesting, you know, suggesting to people there's another national lockdown on the way and we have to be careful to avoid it, etc., etc., right? I mean, the very words, when he goes on RT News and says, you know, we're at a tipping point and we want to try to avoid a national lockdown, immediately Mary and Johnny sitting at home are thinking, I'm not booking me hotel uh, in oh, Galway yeah. in October. Then the hotel in turn goes, oh, well, I'm not booking the advertising on Classic Hits. Classic Hits in turn goes, we're yeah. not bringing in the cleaners again. So it has a massive knock-on effect when he says these things. Without a doubt, and it's something that I discussed with the Minister of Finance um, um, at the very early stages of this year, because one of the issues that we needed is we needed, obviously, to deal with the pandemic. We needed the economy to rebound, but we needed consumer confidence to be there. And because there will be people who, just as a result of the pandemic, the restrictions that will be, you know, not not wanting to go out into restaurants or into pubs or into hotels and so on. And, and there's a responsibility on the state to try and uh, create consumer confidence. What the minister does in terms of his pronouncements like that is he just strips away that immediately because people are worried. You know, I'm not going to go for the meal now. Why, why is he tomorrow, saying these things, Piers? One has to wonder, and I know Michael McNamara uh, brought this up on him the other day, TD, in about TD, Michael McNamara, that why he has to use this language when clearly we're not in the situation, thankfully, that we were in in March. I mean, if we look at the amount of people... And we have to talk about it and be realistic about this. We can see the case numbers are up, but they are up. But there's a trend across Europe where case numbers are up at the moment. Thankfully, most of the people, uh, those case numbers will be either asymptomatic or quite young, which is a good thing in a sense that that won't lead to too many mortalities. But I mean, in, if we take August, for example, we had 18 deaths in August. Five of them, was, of course, were from April and May, and one of them was redacted. So realistically, we only had 11. More people died in road traffic accidents in that whole month. So we have to be very careful and if we look at hospital numbers, by the way, ICU numbers are down at a very uh, a low level. I think we're only three the other day. Uh, they're kind of uh, seem to be between three and seven uh, on, on a day to day basis. 
I mean, and by the way, for all those people who end up in ICU with COVID-19 or suspected COVID-19, my heart goes out to all those families and it's a struggle and I understand the struggle that they're going through and to all those people that died. Absolute condolences to all those people that died and we all understand what that means to a family. But on the big scheme of things, we have an economy as well, which in turn could cost a lot of lives if we don't look after it and protect it. Yeah, look I, I look I don't think anybody has backed up his claims that we're at a tipping point. We're definitely going in the wrong direction. We definitely the the, the numbers in terms of affections are, are, are serious and they're they're, they're they, you know they're, they're out of control at this point in time and we need Well we are doing more testing Pierce, with the greatest respect. I mean when you yeah, when you I, test more people you'll find more cases. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's not just that and and, 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 and let's be clear, you know, we have multiple outbreaks and you can see it in terms of the meat factories where the fifteen hundred people have uh, have detected COVID uh, in, in, in a short period of time. So there, there, there is an issue there, but we're not at the tipping point. We could get there. We need to make sure we don't get there. And I think the language from the minister was, was quite loose. Um, but look, the, the, the key thing here, and when we talk about... But, it, but it's not all connected to what we're talking about today, because that language in turn damages the economy. And, and he may not think that has a huge effect on the economy, but it absolutely does. Because I can give you one example. Well, I only spoke recently to one of our sales guys. He had an advertising campaign pulled because a hotel got worried because of that type of language being used, because they believed that they were going to get cancellations. So it's a massive knock-on effect. Uh, when that Look, language is used. very sensitive at the minute, and we know from other places, I know firsthand from where there was a, a cluster identified uh, that the hotel in the area just had cancellations, just one after the other. You know, so yes, people are, that there is a knock-on effect, without a doubt, in relation to the language there. But, you know, I think you know, we need to listen to Roland Glenn, we need to, you know, listen to the uh, Philip Nolan and those others, and they're not using the same type of language as the, as the minister used. But I think the worst thing for the economy um, you know, isn't just the, the language. The fact is that as of tomorrow, there is 63,000 employees whose employment is supported by the state through the temporary wage subsidy scheme. Tomorrow morning, that support is gone for those 63,000 employees where they, their employers get nothing for them. Why? Because the government has said that if you earn less than €151.50, we won't provide any support to you whatsoever. Uh, if you earn above that, we'll provide €150 so all of these uh, which realistically is, is a kind of nonsense because those people possibly could end up out of a job end up on social yeah, welfare costing the state 203 euro a week many of them are going to uh, end out of a job uh, and I have numerous emails uh, from different companies some very small uh, employing handfuls of people others employing hundreds of people uh, which are stating very clearly that as a result of the pandemic and the financial situation that they have found themselves in they will have no option but to let their employees go they have no notify them already and the employees unfortunately that they're letting go are the ones who aren't being supported by the state which is the lower income employees Okay, so, so, so are you, are you suggesting the original sure. subsidy scheme should be left in place um, till, till when? Are you suggesting till April next year, the end of the tax year? Well, when, when are you suggesting it should be left in place? Now we, we're suggesting four things and we've made this point during the, the passage of the legislation the legislation was guillotine so we didn't have a full time to debate it but we made these points one is for Employees who earn less than 151 euro, where the government won't provide them any support, we say that 85% of their net weekly wages should be supported by the government. That's the first thing. That can be fixed tonight if the minister has the political will. The second thing is, up until now, the employer was getting the money into their bank to pay their employees within 48 hours. It is going to be six weeks before they get that money. Which is not much used to a lot of employers, no. 
absolutely no. none whatsoever because they have don't don't have cash flow that needs to be addressed we need to get back to the to the two-day period uh, the revenue the state has that money they're going to give it anyway and they need to just fast track it because that 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 cash and the final thing will be the tax clearance certificate that has to be that 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 rule has to be abolished immediately absolutely because this has come out of the blue for for companies who didn't need a tax clearance certificate up to now and uh, and therefore they will be ineligible and the fourth thing now because there was four issues is that we cannot be using a one-size-fits-all solution anymore. There are different sectors that are more affected than other sectors. We need to be, and this is what we've been arguing from, from day one, there are affected sectors and then there are seriously affected sectors. And we need to be given different levels of support to different types of sectors. We argued for that. We put an amendment in the legislation. And unfortunately, it's not allowed. OK, because there are some sectors. I mentioned cinemas earlier on, for example, who would be badly affected because obviously their attendance rates would have to be down. And apart from anything else, their whole sector has been affected because there's no bloody movies being made. Uh, so their, their sector, for example, would probably be down 60 or 70 percent. So there should be a bigger subsidy for them than somebody who's losing 15 or 20 percent, for example. So Absolutely. are you saying a graded kind of scale, some, some sort of scale yeah. system? What we're, no, then you, you, could, you could have 10 different categories or you could have 20 different categories. But what we're saying is that there should be two different categories. The, depart- the central bank has already identified what are, what are the sectors most affected by the pandemic and those then affected. So there's three categories. There's ones that aren't affected because some sectors are actually more profitable now, um, you know, online and so on and so forth in certain sectors. Uh, there are affected sectors, which is most, and then there are seriously affected sectors. And that's why we argued, like, even on the grants, 10,000 or 11,000 for affected sectors, 25,000 for most affected sectors. It's what they do across the border. Mm-hmm. It's what's been done in Britain. It's what's been done in Germany and other areas. This type of idea that all companies are the same and that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll treat them the same doesn't make any sense. We're in a serious, uh, you know, this is going on quite and a long Is the minister likely to do something under. before midnight tonight? I don't, I don't think so. He, he seems pretty steadfast that this is what he's doing and it's not going to change. Well, when I challenged the minister on the floor of the doll in relation to this, no support for 100 those employees under 151 euro. And remember, there's 151,000 employees in the country that earn below that amount. Mm -hmm. Many of them are like, they're cleaners and restaurants. They're maybe holding down two or three different jobs. His argument was, well, this is an incentive for the employer to jack up their wages or to give them more. That's not going to happen. (laughs) Well, first of all, the legislation actually says that if they do that, uh, not only will they lose the support for that employee, but every other employee that the employer has. It's actually illegal uh, to, to manufacture the payroll to actually increase the wages in order to just get this uh, this support. Um, so there's huge confusion out there. The, the, the penalty Absolutely. of the employer would be yeah. actually quite significant, you know, so if, if they did that. Well, look, hopefully he'll have a change of heart maybe today before midnight tonight, certainly make some sort of announcements in relation to changing it uh, in the short term rather than the long term before too many jobs are affected. Just finally, before you go, uh, Pierce, do you believe that, I mean, a lot of people now, there's a change of heart across the nation, and I can see it from talking to people. We're not in the position we were in back in March, thankfully. And, you know, everybody got together. Everybody did what they were told. We were facing uncertainty. Thankfully, that uncertainty didn't come to fruition. In other words, we didn't lose tens of thousands of people. We didn't have, you know, ICU levels above anything that we've ever had before. We handled it quite well. But now I see a lot of frustration with people that... Let's, you know, can we get back to some level of normality? Other European countries are doing it. We seem to be falling behind. We seem to be overcautious. When you look at the actual figures, 2,500 people die in this country every single month. 12 people have died of COVID-19. ICU levels are low. Hospitalizations are low. 
Is the actions and the restrictions, in your opinion, that we're taking at the moment, proportionate to what's actually happening? Um, I don't understand the science behind some of the restrictions that are in place. Um, I've argued with the, the Tisha uh, or the Tanishta that uh, they should consider, consider allowing the wet pubs open, uh, like to do the restaurants, table service only, bookings, time limits, so on and so forth. Um, I can't see why, and proper oversight uh, in relation to that, um, making sure that licenses are withdrawn from any establishment, whether they're wet or dry, that that mm-hmm. reaches that. Um, so I don't understand, you know, the nine-year-old food doesn't save you from the virus. It's 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 good business. <laughs> no, it's who, you well, know, we, we don't even know whose decision that was now. They, yeah. Obviously, Neffet weren't to blame for that. But I suppose no, when you look, when you look at Britain announced this morning... The of sports, Neil, I just don't understand that either. No. I, I just, you know, like... I, I'm well, there's no science behind it. it. There's no evidence. The GAA no, have come not. out quite clearly to show, to show that there's been very few infections, if indeed any, in GAA clubs. So but the government it, are looking at uh, concerts without alcohol and allowing, you know, looking at seeing if that they could be allowed. And look, I'm involved in a concert here, music festival here in, in Gidor myself, and, you know, I'd l- love to see the, 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 the concert being able to be allowed in the future. Well, like, they're talking but I mean, about, well, why not? I mean, I know, I know it's dangerous. I know some people are saying it's dangerous to experiment. We've seen protests in the city. We've seen the Black Lives Matter protest. There was a right-wing protest there two weeks ago or an anti-mask protest. Um, there's been other protests around the city. We've seen protests in London. There were 30,000 people there yesterday in London. In Berlin, there was probably twice that amount of people uh, on Saturday protesting. And we haven't seen, out of those protests we've had here even, any direct correlation to a massive increase in either cases or deaths. So can we not, moving forward, you know, have, you know, do some experiments even, whereby you, because generally speaking, concerts are for young people anyway. And, and when you look at the figures for young people, most cases would be asymptomatic anyway. So I, I understand people will say, well, they could pass it on to somebody else, but that's up to each and everybody to try and protect themselves depending on the circumstances you happen to be living in. But is it not time that we start to move forward, that we have to understand we have a strat- We either have a strategy or we don't. The strategy, according to the government, is to live with the virus, but it doesn't seem to be what they're doing. What they're doing is trying to remove the virus, which most immunologists around the world, with the exception of one or two of them over here, are saying is a fantasy idea. I mean... No, it- I, I, Niall, I don't think we should experiment. Let, let me be clear, and I, I, I don't think so at all. I think if you look at what's happened in the meat plants, you can see how quickly the virus can spread. 1,500 people over a period of uh, a couple of weeks because of the, the lack of oversight, because of the practice, because of the close, close contact uh, and all of that. And that can happen in other sectors of society very, very easily. And yes, maybe that, uh, you know, somebody who's younger and healthier may not have a serious conditions, but their granny may. It may be passed to their granny, it may be passed to their mother, it may be but passed but, to their But, nephew, but, but Pierce, you, are, are we going down... It? So, but if we keep thinking like that as an economy and as a country and as a society, we could go down a rabbit hole and never open up anything ever again. Because if we, I mean, I'm not suggesting it's a free-for-all or we turn around tomorrow and say, right, everybody do what you used to do before I start hugging everybody you meet. I'm not suggesting that for a minute. But what I'm suggesting is, is that we have to try slowly to live with a virus. We can't live with a virus while we're equally trying to eliminate it at the same time. We either have a plan or we don't have a plan and it doesn't look like we have a plan. You have to also acknowledge, now that most of the economy is reopened and the areas that aren't reopened, for example, in terms of the wet pubs, I think that there's a solution that can be found there. Uh, I think that they, I think that what frustrates and grains on people is the closing down of sport um, when really the message should have been do not travel together 
at to a sporting event and when you're at the sporting event maintain social distance and that's the message instead of actually saying nobody can attend a football match anymore uh, or a rugby match you know for the next number of weeks so i think that when they do things like that it grates in the public and therefore the, the public start to lose maybe a bit of confidence and all the rest but i think crucially what we need to do is we need to yes get the, the rest of the economy open but not taking experiments it needs to be based on the science and it needs to be proportionate and then it needs to be properly articulated and explained to the public so the public can buy into it. my big concern and there was a lot of politics that was going on over the august period but my big concern is that the government had started to lose authority in relation to its measures in terms of this pandemic now whatever about government support there are people out there who will not support this government will never support this government and, and so on and so forth and for right reasons but they also recognize that the government has authority in relation to the pandemic and relation to the guidelines that it's that it's that it's issuing and they're doing it for the right reasons i think that started to slip I think that started to slip. Well, well, it doesn't help when we see those who are making the rules, you know, off on a golf outing. I suppose that didn't help public confidence. Yeah, and, and, and there was a great, there was a great bit of research done in the UK after Dominic Cummings, of course, in the uh, in the UK, uh, did his little uh, eyesight test when he went off with his missus in the car for a trip. Uh, that public confidence slipped and dropped after that event. Do you think public confidence was affected by the golf outing? I, I think it, it, obviously it is. Um, I think that, 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 that's obvious. But I think it's also a number of other things. I think the government has been in a state of chaos for far too long. Uh, I think comments like from the Minister for, uh, for Health that the virus is like, you know, bouncing on a trampoline uh, are, are far from helpful. helpful. Um, I, I think that decisions that aren't communicated, like closing down sport when the problem was in the meat factory and they're not, they didn't mention the meat factories in their press conference, that you know, really bugs people. Uh, and uh, the fact that they're not communicating, they're not explaining, they had to issue how many different press releases trying to uh, explain what was going on in terms of cultural... Well, well, I, well I think what Michal Martin said there was no mixed messages. The very fact that you have to come out and say that in the first place clearly means there was mixed messages. But anyway... There is a formula we need to follow and there is no... There's no pathway... This, well, this is the point I'm making here, Pierce. I mean, I've spoken to many commentators, immunologists, virologists. Uh, I've probably spoken to more of them in, in the last three months than in the whole life. And the one thing that I'm getting from everybody at the moment in relation to Ireland is that we don't have a strategy. At the very start of this, everybody was supportive of the lockdown because, of course, as I said, we faced uncertainty. Uh, Everybody was supportive then of the phase plans. At least it gave people direction. We kind of knew what was happening, when it was going to happen. We could look forward to that, getting out, meeting friends, whatever it was, or so many people together. But now it's a case for the population of this country that the strain of their mental health is immense because we're waking up every morning not knowing what's going to happen next. There is no plan, no strategy. They keep saying they're not going for a zero COVID-free island when clearly that's seems to be the direction they're looking to go in. And there just is no plan. And I think people need guidance. They need a plan. Yeah, uh, look, I, I agree with you on that. And when I was saying that there, you know, there's a formula, there's not, there's not an automatic pathway that we follow because you're learning about the virus as, as you go on. Ah, we're but six months into it. We know about need, the virus. Please. No, I know that. I know that. But what you need is you need clear communication. The government have failed in relation to that. You need the decisions all to be based on the science. In my view, the closure of footballs, and the wet pubs is is it falls and the nine euro meal, yeah, okay. and, the, and the nine euro <laughs> meal. It, 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 it needs to be proportionate. Again, what we're seeing is the public do not see that as proportionate. You know that the fact that there may be some people travelling in cars together to a football match, but all football is is or all sports spectators are, are cancelled. So the, what is what what it, what has worked for us in the past 
is now failing as big time at this point okay. in time. And the, the issues here are far too big, far too serious, far too important to be, you know, about party politics. Like, we've got consensus on a number of things. We have it on Brexit, we have it on, you know, the pandemic. You know, when Boris was talking about herd immunity and all the rest, at least we were as one. We'll have differences in terms of how we respond to it. But really, the government needs to get back into the well, I mean, I know Boris was talking about herd immunity. Luke O'Neill was talking about it this morning on the radio as well. But there you go. It was different, I suppose, yeah. when Boris said it so early on in the game. But listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on the air today. Sinn Féin Deputy Leader and Finance Pers- per- a Spokesperson, Pierce Doherty. Maybe you are one of the people who are going to be affected by the subsidy scheme. It stops at midnight tonight. It changes into a new scheme, uh, which is the Employment Wage Subsidy Scheme, which means you will be paid, well, you won't be paid less, but your employer will get less of a subsidy for your wages. This will have a massive knock-on effect on businesses that are teetering on the edge. Just about your job is just about hanging in there because business isn't as good as it used to be, maybe. Well, now your employer might have to look at laying off a few people because they just can't afford to hire as many, according to this subsidy scheme. And uh, Pascal O'Donoghue needs to address it. Also, for those employers out there availing of the scheme, you will now have to have a tax clearance certificate. You won't get your money for six weeks. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work because remember, the government are the ones who did this to business. The government are the ones that did it. You didn't do it. Nobody else did it. The government are the ones who told you to close or who told you to uh, restrict your business and make you lose money in the first place. So they have a responsibility and a duty to you, but I understand it's part because taxpayers' money, of course, is bankrolling um, business at the moment. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.